today's guest, Jonathan Amo, Director Global Aftermarket Product Content at Gates. A lot of times we don't have control of the content. And that's another problem. If they, if whoever is listing it on an e-commerce platform, and it could be a customer of a customer, it could be an independent, it could be whoever can sell on there. If they misrepresent our part and they get it and it's not what they expected, it was a wrong image, it was a wrong attribute, or the application was just wrong because it wasn't because of our data, it's because how they interpreted our data. Well, who gets the bad rap for it? Well, the Gates does. Not Amazon. It's not that darn Amazon, you know, sold me the wrong part. It's, oh, it's Gates. Tech Talk, the automotive aftermarket podcast. Hi and welcome to the next episode of our Tech Talk Automotive Aftermarket Podcast. My name is Christian Müller, VP Marketing at Tech Alliance. And today we are stepping into the parts manufacturer business again with Gates, leading manufacturer of fluid power and power transmission solutions. And if you've worked with Gates before in the aftermarket, chances are high that you've stumbled over the name of today's guest, which is Jonathan Amo. We know each other for quite some time now and it feels, at least for me, that he is kind of the jack of all trades at Gates. All roads lead to John somehow. We talk about that of course, but moreover about his favorite topic which is data. John's a big advocate of data quality in the automotive aftermarket and his mission is to make Gates the number one company for data quality. We talk about the timeliness of data and how important it is working with different data formats between Europe, Asia and North America, about the data situation in Mexico as a dual standard country and the situation further south as well. If big e-commerce players are a chance or threat for parts manufacturers, the ongoing electrification and how it affects gates as well as value-added services they have to offer to their customers to stay competitive in the future. As you can see, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. Hi from Apex. We are here for our next Tech Talk session and I'm quite happy to have John here from Gates. So we, we know each other for quite some time and for me, Uh, John is like more or less he's Gates in human form. So for me, whatever I, I have to I have to do with Gates, so doesn't matter on the topic I reach out to at them. In the end, I always end up with you. So could you give us a little introduction on who you are and what you are doing at Gates? Yeah, thanks, Christian. Uh, Jonathan Amo, I'm with uh, Gates Corporation. I'm our director of uh, global catalog content. So. I get to get out to all these other regions and really help with uh, expanding our global catalog and data symmetry across our regions. It's a real big topic, so really enjoy doing it. Definitely, and you are you are one of the biggest advocates in the market for data quality. So, what does data quality mean for parts manufacturer like Gates? Oh, for us, it's everything. I mean, if it's doesn't have good data quality, I don't think that. Uh, you're recognized in the industry as a premier supplier or part supplier. So it's just like anything in the world that you do today. Everything is e-commerce driven. You have to be, uh, your data has to be there with images and data and supporting documentation. If it's not there, then people are going to go elsewhere. They're going to choose someone else that's doing it better. 
So for me, it's about doing it the best. And that's where I really want to position our company and our aftermarket catalog data. Yeah, definitely. I guess the sentiment uh, to have high quality data is getting is getting bigger and bigger and now and nowadays uh, manufacturers also see it as a as a key differentiator from another so to have the best data quality for their customers and you guys putting a lot of effort in to to have good catalog data i mean we know we we rule out uh, or we roll out new kpis which are which are quite which which involve you to to put a lot of effort in the data work Yeah, for sure. And, and it's not even just we want it. Our, our customers are demanding it. So they want, because of e-commerce and uh, the, the, our, the way we are globally now, uh, everybody, they're coming to e-commerce and they're coming very, very fast, if not already there. And they want to have the best use strategy. And in order to do that, we have to supply them that data. So to get us up front and we want to be the best when everybody talks about uh, data, how clean it is and the, 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 the nice attributes and layout, we want Gates to be the number one top three people you're going to talk about. Yeah. And I think we are achieving that. And that's across the globe. It's not even just in Europe, in the USA. It's all the other regions across the, um, the world. So we're very keen on that. Yes, definitely, and I think like uh, other regions, like like China, for example, they can they can be a driver for that because a lot of stuff we are discussing in Europe or for North America for the Chinese market, it's a giving for 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 instant uh, this uh, time timeliness of the data that we switch now to direct data delivery. So as soon as you're making a change in the catalog, it gets it gets pushed via the web service to your customer. But this was like for Europe, it was a huge step to have like this live data and not like a weekly or monthly or quarterly update but in in a in a very fast market like china it's it's completely necessary to have it it's not only necessary it's just a requirement yeah. to do business and if you want to be with the right players in the market you've got to be on the forefront of that technology and tech alliance provides that technology which is great that's what we need uh china was an interesting uh area because They skipped 30 or 40 years of evolution. Yeah, they, 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 never, they from, never had the paper catalog. They, they never <laughs> had paper. They never had the growing pains of growing up as an aftermarket. Yeah. They just became an aftermarket and using the failures and successes of other areas that have been doing it for, you know, 40, 50 years. And they went with the vengeance. They are the most advanced country in the world when it comes to the car park, how they order, the WeChat platform, yep. the Tech Alliance platform, they are far ahead of many other developing nations or or bigger nations. I mean, I'd almost put them in contention with Europe. I really would. Yes, definitely. And uh, having you here with your with your global experience so what is the key differentiator of the North American aftermarket in, in terms of data? So we all know there's a different format. So they have the <laughs> more dominant aces and pies over here, which you, which you don't have on a, on a global scale where it's mostly uh, operating in tech talk. So what are the challenges there? I mean, depending on the area you are, it's, there's challenges on both sides, right? And I always tell, I always tell, but... In the U.S., they have grown up slowly. 
Okay, they're a volunteer organization with the Aces Pies, the Auto Care, and they're developing systems that are slow to get to an endpoint, right? And um, instant data processing. We we have programs in the U.S. called Sandpiper that are mm -hmm. coming up. They're developing it. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with technology, right? Are the suppliers ready to receive that data? And that's a big struggle right now. Uh, they aren't, and a lot of them aren't. There are some that do it very well and they can get it down to one or two days. There's some that take six months. So it's a wide variety of how you send it and when they consume it. Everybody wants speed to market. Well, if it takes your six months of time to get your data in to their system, you've lost all speed of market and you've lost momentum. On the other side of the spectrum, that's the USA side. And that's not only that, they, they've done a great job. It's our standard. Yep. We can't live without it. It's a requirement, right? Uh, it's good. It does what we need it to do to get our data to sell parts. That's what everybody wants to do. Yep. And then you go across the world in different areas, and then you have the Tech Alliance platform. And it's more instantaneous, and there's a lot of advantage to that. Get your data out once, it goes to one area, everybody has the data at the same time, same format, same fashion, it's not being manipulated, you aren't missing images, yep. uh, it's just there. There's, so there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, that are good and the up and coming developing regions need this type of platform. Less programming, less programmers, they need the data now, but they don't have the resources to manage an ACES pies, right? Yep. You gotta bring it in a hundred suppliers and you gotta bring that all in together. They just don't have the resources or the long history knowledge that USA companies have had. They've always had someone in ACES Pies. So the companies grew up with it. It's almost second nature to them. Yeah. But the developing nations, no. They they just aren't there in the capacity to learn that. Is, is there, they could do it. But we're talking about ease. They need to get out of paper and they need to get into a digital platform immediately. Yeah. Well, there is a solution out there. Yes, definitely. And talking about these markets, I guess this is also uh, is also for the neighboring markets of the US. So the further south you go, you have the Mexican market, which at least from my perspective is kind of a mix between the European market and the US market. But the further south you go, you go to Central America, South America, like Brazil, where we're also operating, it's completely different. Yeah, and we run into that in a couple areas, uh, Mexico being one of them, right? This is one of our dual standard countries we're going to yeah. run into. There's a Tech Alliance presence and there's an Aces Pies presence. You have American companies buying into Mexico companies and they want that Aces Pies version, yeah. right? That's the system they know. Then you have others that are just getting started and the Tech Alliance platform makes it a lot easier. So they're taking Tech Alliance. So this is truly one of our dual standard countries that everybody is gonna have to contend with in one way or another. Yeah. The further south you go, and when you get into that Central America, um, South America, I personally see this being more of a Tech Alliance um, realm, right? Argentina, Brazil, 
okay, we could probably argue Panama, Colombia, those areas that are probably taking a subset of USA data. Yeah. But it's going to depend on vehicle table. Who's got the right vehicle table that is accurate? We have been using the Tech Alliance platform in Brazil for a couple of years now, and we feel that it's it's probably 98% there. And the stuff that's not tail end. So your important vehicles, your important VIO to capture market and sales, you're going to have it. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And the other advantage that I'd like to point out too is appreciative of the Brazilian Portuguese. That is another advantage into that market is Tech Alliances already have this ready. It's ready to go. Yeah. Your customers aren't going to be able to take an English version. No, no. And most the of data them, in the local version. You have to have it in the local version. And that's why I don't see Aces Pies today being an effort down there is because we don't have the translations. No, no, definitely. And in general, would you say Like it's more complicated for a manufacturer operating in the North American market because it's more, more I don't know how to phrase it, more fractured because in Europe, you know, the market is really, really streamlined. You have your manufacturers, you have your distribu distributors and you have your workshop chains. But in the US, like this, this distribution part of the value chain is much more fragmented than over in Europe with us. There, there are, and so you're talking about two-step, three-step programs, right? Yeah. Manufacturers sell their distributors, distributors sells to what uh, are their customers, and then it goes yeah. out to the shops. But really, I see this the same across, you might skip a step in there, mm -hmm. but really, it, it's really the same. There's really no difference. You still have your your companies at the warehouse, and then they're selling out to the shops or yeah. uh, direct to the the auto mechanics. It's really the same. It's really no different. But also in the U.S., we have these new players stepping into the market, and it was a huge topic at Auto Mechanica Frankfurt, where eBay uh, had their own booth, and I was also on stage at the eBay booth talking about uh, uh, talking about spare parts data. But in Europe, there's like the sentiment is more negative, at least from the distributors. You know, now these big platforms like mm -hmm. eBay and Amazon are, are moving in and they're trying to get a get their share of the pie as well. Oh, 100 percent. And that's in every market, right? Uh, you're going to have any traditional distribution market when you have an online player that comes in that not, isn't necessarily an automotive type of distributor. Yeah. They're a distributor, your Amazons, your Mercurio Libre. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's going to be disruption in that chain. Yeah. And is it because, are they mad that they came in and they're selling parts or is the distribution network mad because they didn't think of it first? So they are taking some skin out of the game and probably taking some, uh, some business away from them. But that's the world we live in. We're, we're changing, we're evolving. COVID has taught us that, that we yeah. need to be ready. And they have the same opportunity, right? They can start an e-commerce platform and they can get things going and in there. And they are, trust me, they are all working on it, if not there. But it's like the USA, Amazon is a huge disruptor in the market. Yeah. But you yeah, can't definitely. discount them. No, no. 
No, sure. You they, you need you need to accept that they are here and they're here to stay. I mean, we've seen it in many other industries, so it doesn't doesn't work to just uh, shut your eyes uh, and your ears because this now is happening. But I also think that that like distributors or, or for a customer, it's not mainly about pricing because that's that's a complaint you always hear. I can't com I can't compete yeah. on price with this with the, with these e-tailers. But I guess it's not about pricing. It's also about convenience and maybe additional services you can provide to your customer. Because we all know it. We, we order all the stuff from Amazon. But Amazon is not always like the, the, the one with the, with the lowest price. We order it because it's convenient and because we are locked in their ecosystem of services they build around us. Yeah. And I could tell you another thing. You just kind of stirred my memory a little bit. Here's one of the, the downfalls of an Amazon and those big disruptors that are coming in is they don't offer the aftercare support, right? Yeah. So if you go buy from traditional distribution and uh, let's say a mechanic, he needs a part, he goes through his traditional distribution network, he buys a part, takes it back, doesn't fit. Something's wrong. So they add the wrong year, wrong model. They got to take the part back, right? Yeah. Well, with your online e-commerce players, it's not that easy. Who do you go to? Yeah. They can't come back to the manufacturer. If the part fails, you've got to go back to the point of sale. So they've got to go back through those e-commerce platforms. And now you've wasted days. How long is it going to take that to go back? Yeah. You have to send it back. They'll resend you another one or you buy another one. You've lost one or two days. Well, if the car is on a lift, you don't have time to waste. If you had just bought it traditionally, you could have the problem solved in an hour, right? And yeah. the car's in and out, out of the bay. But you can't do that with an online. So there are downfalls from buying parts online, and that is one of them. Warranty, what if something happens? Whatever the case may be, stuff happens, right? Yeah. Uh, everything's not perfect 100% of the time. It's a huge issue. And then who gets the bad name? And that's the other problem that online e-commerce players are. Yeah, and also for you as a parts manufacturer, you know, you, the, the guy ordering, for him it's a Gates part. But actually he's not even ordering from Amazon or eBay because it's just a they just facilitate the, that's the right. transaction. So it's, it's some seller somewhere and you, you don't even know who's, who sold it to you. And a lot of times we don't have control of the content. Yeah. And that's another problem. If they, if whoever's listing it on an e-commerce platform, and it could be a customer of a customer, it could be an independent, it could be yeah. whoever can sell on there. If they misrepresent our part, yeah, and they get it, and it's not what they expected, it was a wrong image, it was a wrong attribute, or the application was just wrong because it wasn't because of our data, it's because how they interpreted our data. Well, who gets the bad rap for it? Well, the Gates does. Yeah, not Amazon. Yeah, sure, it's no. not that darn Amazon, you know, yeah. sold me the wrong part. It's, <laughs> oh, it's Gates, yeah. right? Or, or whoever it may be. So there's, it's not the best scenario, but it is the world we lived in and we got to contend with that and we've got to help solve that problem because it's not going away. And do you think in uh, terms of e-commerce and providing data for e-commerce, I mean, TikTok was not was not built for e-commerce by default and we could add a lot of more attributes to it but do you think it would be beneficial to have like to do maybe some kind of forking into tech talk to have like a more e-commerce related data standard 
I think the standards we have or you have now are pretty darn good. Anything you have today and your standards and and the requirements that you give us as uh, suppliers of data would be enough for e-commerce world. Mm -hmm. Most of it doesn't get read, right? Really, what do they want? They want to know what the part is. They want to see the description. They want to see the price. And they want to see a 360-degree image of it. So when you're buying in that e-commerce platform, this is why 360s are so predominant on parts is this is their only attachment point to make sure they're buying the right part. If you go into a traditional shop, you can touch it, you can fill it, you can take it out of the box, you can compare it side by side with the old part. When you buy an e-commerce, 360s are paramount. You have to have them. They've got to rotate it. Is it an extra bolt hole? Is there that little knob on there? Is, Is there all this stuff? And if you've got one image, you are not going to depict it very well. No, definitely. And but I have a lot of, lot of manufacturers telling me that in the future they see they they also want to compete on data. So they see good or best in class data quality as a competitive advantage. And especially in the in the e-commerce segment, maybe because of the reason, as you mentioned, because you want to own your brand, they also want to decide who is getting the data and who's not which would be a fundamental change for TechDoc because currently when you're a TechDoc tech doc customer, you receive all the data. But for some manufacturers, they, they, they see it different for e-commerce because they maybe choose two or three platforms where they want to, when they want to ship their data to, but maybe not to others. Yeah, and that's, a, I want to say a struggle. It is a challenge, right? One of your sister companies, OptiCat, right? Yes. We submit our data to that company. And then within the OptiCAT system, we have the ability to then choose, yes, I would like this company to receive the data, this company to receive the data. Nope, not this company. We don't do business with them. So that I can see being uh, an important aspect of moving forward, especially if you're trying to capture more market, right? And if you don't have that, then you may not be able to capture that side of the market or that um, single point of entry. Yeah, sure. Another big topic besides e-commerce is the ongoing electrification of the car park. So this is upon us like for years <laughs> now, but now I think it's the time where, where we shouldn't uh, shouldn't where we should shouldn't talk about it anymore like something which is in the future because now we have like the first electric vehicles like the Teslas. How old yeah. they are now? Eight years, seven, eight, nine years old. They're coming in the aftermarket now. So it's not something which is happening. It's something which is already already started to happen. So how is this affecting like a manufacturer like Gates? Well, it's interesting. Uh, People think electric, right? Electric, what do I have? I have tires, I've got an electric motor and uh, some fancy electronics in it, right? Well, to be quite honest with you, Gates has more hoses than ever on electric vehicles. There's 30 hoses. Uh, you can go down to our booth at here at Apex yeah. and you can see our big stand of the electrification. There are two, three, four electric water pumps. There's 20, 30 hoses on there. The belts that drive the electric motors are our belts in them. So there is a lot of content um, for a company like Gates. There's a lot of content yes. on there. We're developing it and we do have product out there today 
because that is the future. We're going to have to be able to service that. And yeah. if we don't offer it early, those customers will go back to the manufacturer. So yes. if you don't have parts out earlier than maybe you would normally do, maybe it's three years, four years before you start developing. Yep. Well, it might be one or two years because if you don't get into the market, people are thinking electric car, I got to take it back to the dealer. Yeah. So it's important for us to get product out quickly. No, definitely. And I agree talking, talking to manufacturers. So no one is lying down crying because of the electrification for them. I, I, or talking to engineers, especially for them, it's like also a challenge because it's still a car. As you said, it still has wheels and, it, and it's made out of parts, maybe lesser parts for some, mm -hmm. but also more expensive parts and more, yep. more where you need to put more, more money into the development. And I guess, This is also a, a huge part of the electrification to have like a, 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 a the business focused on lesser parts, but more high value parts. A hundred percent. So, you know, just think about your standard vehicle has a water pump, yeah. right? A cast iron or aluminum water pump impeller mounts to the engine and you're spending $40, $60 on it. Well, our electric pumps, you've got four of them and they're $250 a piece. So the prices are way higher, three, four times what you would be on a standard part. Our traditional rubber hoses have gone away. You don't see rubber, no. um, traditional rubber hoses on electric vehicles. It's thermoplastic, there's quick fittings on the end, it's bendable, it's got cor corrugation in it. So it is a lot more engineered product and there's a lot more of it. Yeah, and I also guess like the, the engineering goals are changing. Like with the combustion engine, for example, I maybe develop a part because my customer, especially in Germany, he wants to drive 250 kilometers per hour on the, on the motorway. Mm -hmm. But maybe in the future with electrification, maybe the customer also chooses parts, how, depending on how they affect his range. So tires is easy, you know, maybe in the yep. future I select a tire because it positively affects, affects my range. Yep. And this probably goes for some other parts as well, you know. It uh, It is still be determined. We're still in the infancy. Yes, there's cars out there. There is a car park. There's some VIO out there. But, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. We're still in the yes. infancy stages of electric cars. And the cars that are coming into a replacement cycle are still new and they are still low miles. Yep. You know, there are some that have quite a few miles, but the replacement... Um, it's just not there yet. We're getting to that point. Another five, six years, you're going to start, I think we're going to start seeing a, a rapid expansion. But if you're not ready early and if you're trailing and not on the leading edge, no. it's going to be a while for you to catch up because no. there is an engineering um, capability there that you must know to be in that market. Yes, for sure. And I was talking, and do you as Gates also provide education to your to your customers or to workshops because I I found it quite interesting. I talked to to uh, Dirk Kreuzer this morning. He's from ICA and they do this this training for workshops, which is something in Europe is most of the time is done by the parts manufacturer. You know, they send their guys to the workshops for training and here there's like a market for a company doing it. But I expect that Gates is also also doing these trainings or educational Uh, stuff for workshop people. Yeah, absolutely. And we provide a lot of information into the industry um, about electric cars, 
how you service some of our parts on there. I mean, electric water pumps are simple, right? You unbolt yep. it, you unplug it, you put it on. But there are other manufacturers that there are certain steps you have to do to work on an electric car. And it's which shops do you go to? You know, your mom and pop shop down the road yep. probably isn't going to be in the electric car business because there's a lot of risk and there's a lot more training. It's not, I need to train someone how to put on a water pump on an electric car. They need to know how to start working on an electric car, disconnect high voltage. They need to know those fundamental and that has to come at a shop ownership level. They've got to provide their technicians that type of training and then they need to decide, are we in the electric car business? So a lot of that is done by a lot of companies. There's a lot of online training. Uh, I would say be careful, make sure it's a reputable source and we aren't just using some random guy yes. working on his car. Not, not, uh. not using the next best YouTube tutorial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it needs to be a, a good trainer. Uh, but there is a lot of companies out there that are providing that training, yes. It's super important. But is that where the future is going to be? Yeah, at some point it will be. And talking about the future, at the end of our little session, I always ask my guests, or tell, or ask my guests to look, to look a bit ahead. So, what uh, would be the situation in the aftermarket when we meet again at Apex 2030? So, what would be the topics? What would be different? So I hope we meet earlier, and I, I, I think we, <laughs> we will. will do, we will yes. be earlier. So 2030, okay, so we're talking. It's like we, eight years. We got seven, eight years. Um, I see a more digital experience. I think. Uh, will we be in the metaverse? <laughs> the metaverse, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I hope not. I like talking <laughs> with people in person, so it's I like hope great. we are still having these sessions we are still um, getting together as an industry we're talking we're shaking hands yeah. um, because i think that's where real friendships and business transactions still happen today but one of the big things that i see in 2030 i see a combination booth of auto care and tech alliance working jointly for a common solution That's for the global a bold statement. <laughs> I think we can get there. I think we can get there as an no, industry. I agree. And I hope that we can because as I work globally, this is a requirement. We we need to work together to sell parts yes. and help the industry. If you want if you really want to have the conversation of stopping Or, or maybe not stopping, but your other e-commerce players coming in, we've got to get together as a industry and not as a competing force. Definitely. And this is, this is by default how the aftermarket works. You know, you have these strong companies, they're all competitors, but you, you, you can't be successful on your own. To be successful in the aftermarket, the whole value chain needs to be successful. And it, it's, it, it, you need to work together. 100%. And, and even your, 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 your competitors in the room are still your friends. Yes. So definitely. we just want to work together. We want to have a global solution or something that works in that nature where we're working together. And I think, uh, I have a lot of faith in, in Tech Alliance. I have faith in, in Auto Care that at some point, 
the ask will be there from our customers and your customers, USA, Europe, Brazil, Australia, it doesn't matter. They're going to be asking for this solution. And I think we, we definitely need to work together to get there. I agree. Thanks for your time, John. It was no a pleasure problem. having you. Thanks again. Appreciate it, Christian. Thank you. It's a wrap. It was a great pleasure being able to catch up with John at Apex in Las Vegas. I always genuinely enjoy having a chat with him because he is really knowledgeable as well as super passionate about the whole data topic, trying to bring Gates and in a broader sense, of course, the whole industry forward through the power of data. He's a big advocate of our initiatives and always has been, which helps a lot, of course, in moving things forward. But he is also just a very smart guy, which shows that also as a part manufacturer, nowadays you are also running a data factory where you are competing in being as visible as possible at any point of sale globally. If you guys enjoyed this episode as well, feel free to subscribe to our channel and give us a good rating in your podcast app. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about or you'd like to talk about yourself in our show, feel free to reach out to us via podcast at techalliance.net. So long, take care and bye-bye.